You are listening to the Ortho Idea Podcast, where we bring you the newest trends in orthopedic technology. Tune in for engaging interviews with medical device executives, surgeons, and surprise special guests discussing new disruptive technology in the marketplace. Here is your host, Eric Anderson. Thanks, everyone, for joining the Ortho Idea Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson. I'll be your host today. And today, I'm honored to have on the podcast Chad Kurtz, who is the vice president of MedShape, and he's going to discuss their new disruptive technology to the lower extremity space. And without further ado, Chad, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Eric. Good to hear. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on today. Just wanted to allow you some time to talk a little bit about MedShape. Obviously, been out in the market for a little while, but wanted you to talk a little bit about MedShape, how you guys started and you know how things are going for you in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, things are going really well. MedShape, a unique small company with some very disruptive technology. They've been around for a little while, but they got really focused on the foot and ankle market over the last few years. We had a spinoff of our sports med business to a fairly large sports medicine company, which allowed us the resources to kind of drill down specific to foot and ankle and really, you know, exploit that market with our technology. And then, you know, we have and are developing our technology for other areas of the body, but we're focused solely on foot and ankle from a commercial standpoint presently. Great. Well, what was one of the first products that you guys came out to market with? Actually, the company was started with a sports medicine anchor for ACL. And so what MedShape really specializes is in memory shape materials, and that's metals, polymers. You know, our core technology focuses around nitinol, which is nickel titanium. It was actually invented by the Navy. That's where you get the nitinol name is nickel titanium naval ordnance laboratory. So that's a material that you can literally flex it, pull it, bend it in a myriad of ways, and it always returns back to its native shape. And, you know, nitinol has been around in medicine for some time, but, you know, it used to be temperature dependent and, you know, you had to do different things. You had to treat the nitinol or, or use, you know, bovi to warm it up or different things like that. And that's just not the case anymore. But where the company first started was on some memory shape polymers that the founder was working on at the University of Colorado at the time. That's uh, Ken Gall is kind of the brains behind the, the company that started it. And he has gone on and started several med tech companies and spun them off or, you know, still has those. So he's a serial entrepreneur, but also a PhD scientist. He's the chairman of material science and mechanical engineering at Duke University. So pretty bright guy. You can't really throw a rock without hitting a PhD at MedShape. So, you know, that's kind of just the way that this company rolls. They're very engineering and technology led. I'm definitely the least educated person in the building. I think that's why we get along so well. Um, I understand. So right now I've seen some of your products and noticed, you know, on LinkedIn and social media, some of the things that you guys are doing. Can you talk a little bit about Dynanail and some of those other products? Sure. I mean, Dynanail is our flagship product. And what that is, is that's a TTC nail that contains the nitinol element within the body of the nail. So, you know, from the exterior, it looks like any other titanium nail, but inside there's a nitinol filament that is stretched intraoperatively and then released. And so it's the only nail on the market that provides postoperative compression, which is super important. And, you know, surgeons are coming to realize and the market is coming to realize 
that, you know, to keep up with the natural resorption that occurs in the healing process with bone, that you really need to have sustained compression. And that's why you're seeing a lot of other companies start to tout, you know, some sort of active stabilization, dynamic compression. You know, you're starting to see these buzzwords and phrases because it's really crucial to healing, especially in patients that may be compromised, whether it's diabetic, charco, obesity, smokers, all these different things, you know, they need that little extra push sometimes, which is that sustained compression. So the Nitinol, the Dynanail is kind of the flagship product. And what we've done is we've continued to build off of it. We came out with the Dynanail XL a few years ago, which was a longer version of the nail. We recently launched the Dynanail Mini, which is used for subtalar and medial column. And so then we also have some future projects that we're pulling that into so I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see that dining nail type technology port to other areas, not just in foot and ankle, but in other areas of the body as well. Well, thanks for going through that. So when you talk about active compression, is it something, how exactly does that work? Is it dynamization or I'll let you describe exactly how that works. Yeah, sure. And so one of the other products that's been a big success for us has been our nitinol staples. And, you know, there's lots of companies that have nitinol staples on the market. And you would have thought a company like MedShape that is, you know, I think probably the leader in nitinol outside of maybe Synthes with their acquisition of BME a few years back. I would say that MedShape is definitely on the forefront and has been for a long time utilizing nitinol in foot and ankle. But what we did is, you know, we kind of took that time to come in late to the market and really evaluate what was out there. And so what MedShape did, which is a little interesting and, and unlike any other staple in the market is, is we have a radius of curvature on the bridge. And what that does is that allows the compression to actually occur at the bridge instead of the legs. So it allows for more compression, stronger staple, and it moves those forces from the bridge leg interface where a staple would typically break. It moves that to the bridge. And so that staple has been a huge success for us. We're actually, you know, Sneak peek, we're launching our four-leg version actually next week is our soft launch. We got FDA approval for that a few weeks ago. So we'll be doing, there's only two companies that offer a four-leg and in the benchmark testing that we've done so far, Benchtop rather, it's been quite robust compared to what else is out there. So, you know, look for that soon. But the whole story of the active compressor, sustained compression, as we call it, is, is just using these materials that allow you to you know, hold and sustain compression throughout the healing process. So you know, I like to think of it or describe it as you know, let's say you had a rubber band attached to one point, you know, fixed point on the wall, and you pulled that rubber band and you let it go. It's going to return to the wall where you attached it or whatever attachment point. And that's essentially what's happening with these products. You're stretching them. In the case of the staples, they come pre-stretched on the inserter. On the case of the Dynanel Mini, it comes pre-stretched as well on the it's it's attached and bolted to it comes pre-stretched essentially the dining nail you actually stretch intraoperatively so you use a cam you know it's essentially a lever on the jig of the nail to stretch the device but it's all about you know having these products that are stretched using these you know very advanced technology and that allows sustained compression throughout the healing process so yeah i've seen nitinol and other different companies using it at different areas of the body, but it sounds like you guys have really mastered the use in, in the foot and ankle space. Are there any other products that you guys are, are focusing on at this point in time? Yeah. I mean, we have a dynamic type screw we're working on that, you know, I won't go too far into, but, you know, that's an area that we're looking at. 
and then also taking some of these technologies into other areas of the body and applications as well. You know, so those are some of the things that we're focused on as kind of side projects. But, you know, we'll have several different versions of the Dynanail Mini before too long. We'll continue to build out the staple portfolio with different variations of staples. We think that's going to continue to eat into, you know, your traditional plate and screw market. And then as well, just continuing to build the Dynanail to be, you know, the market leader for the TPC market by just making the instruments as best as they can be and making the process as easy as possible. Great. I was actually in surgery yesterday and noticed that there is a suture product that you might have. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so we do, you know, some of our legacy products, as I would call them, would be Dynanail. And then also we have a suture anchor and a biotendinesis anchor. And those use a memory shaped peak, which peak is polyether, ether, ketone. It's readily used within medical device. I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with it. But what we do is we actually treat the peak so that, you know, the Morphix is essentially like a drywall anchor. You deploy it. It has these memory-shaped wings that want to continue to push out against the cortex of the bone. So it gives you an incredibly strong pullout strength. And so those anchors are very unique to us. You know, the suture anchors oftentimes used for, you know, brostrums and foot and ankle. And then you've got the Eclipse, which is more of like a bullet and sheath type you know, versus your traditional interference screw, which oftentimes when you put in, can it can harm the graft. You don't like your orientation because it's a screw that's spinning. It, it can be detrimental to the graft, whereas a bullet in sheath is more of a press fit within that anchor versus a traditional interference screw. So they're unique products. They have a cult following. We definitely, you know, we definitely still grow that product every year. It's a little bit older product for it, but we are doing a refresh on those. So we'll have some more options along those anchor those anchors probably next year but they're still incredibly popular with our surgeons and they like them a lot and they're just very different than what you see out there yeah i, I noticed that when i did see one of the suture anchors being used the interesting technology the surgeon kind of compared it to you know something you'd use in drywall and you know kind of pointed out the wings and things of that nature so i thought that was very interesting yeah, we don't advocate it, but I've seen many surgeons pick up the entire leg with just having a 2-5 suture anchor in, you know, and they're holding the leg up and showing just how strong that anchor is, which is pretty incredible, but also a little scary when you see a surgeon do that, you know, to show you, you know, they want to show you just how strong this anchor is. And, and we get that. We love it. But it's also kind of like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a great technology. I find it fascinating. Well, with that, you kind of alluded to some some things that you guys are going to be doing in the future and not to go into in depth because, of course, I know you can't, but can you kind of do a little bit of a foreshadowing for the future, what you guys are looking to work on and what you may be doing? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it kind of comes organically. You know, several of us within the company have backgrounds in trauma, total joints, sports medicine. So, you know, naturally, we, our collective team looks at these technologies and starts to wonder where else we can go with it. Also, you know, we're often approached by surgeons within different categories of orthopedics that may be familiar with the Dynanail and say, hey, we'd love to see this maybe ported over to trauma or, you know, guys are starting to experiment with staples in upper extremity and also trauma. So I, I think you'll just naturally see these dynamic compression devices start to, you know, move out from foot and ankle 
and go into other areas such as trauma and upper extremity, I think that's just naturally going to occur. So I think, you know, we'll certainly embrace that and try and be on the forefront of that as, you know, we don't want to just take, say, a foot and ankle design staple and start using an upper extremity. We want to make sure that we give them the best possible implant for the indication that they're looking for. So, you know, I think we'll we'll continue to, we, we have a very strong group of, you know, surgeon advisory panel for different areas. And so they help lead us to as far as where we go next. Well, thanks for going into that. And obviously, extremely innovative technologies up to this point in time. I'm sure the marketplace will be excited to see what you guys come out with next. How do you sell your products? Do you go through a distributor network or how does that work for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. We use a distribution channel. So we have all independent agents. We do not have any direct reps. You know, just for a company of our size that's as fast growing as we are, it just can be cost prohibitive to have a direct channel. I've dealt with both over the years in my career, and they both have their positives and negatives. And, you know, where we stand right now, we're strictly distributor based. That doesn't mean in the future we wouldn't consider having direct reps in certain MSAs that would uh, support it. But as of now, we use a distribution channel. And what's the best way to get a hold of a local sales representative or distributor for MedShape? So MedShape is based in Atlanta, Georgia. We you, we have a you know a basic inquiry email phone number on there that anybody you know it's not uncommon for us to get some inbound inquiries as far as distribution opportunities or even surgeons looking for the product. We have a pretty robust social media presence on LinkedIn and Instagram, Facebook. So you can also direct message us through those platforms. We have a great website that's recently been updated that has a ton of information. And then lastly. You know, we utilize some other tools. We have what's called a cluster. That's an app that, that's actually a wedding planning app that we bastardized. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't know if cluster knows it, but it's a great tool. We use that. It's essentially like a sharing resource app. We have surgeons that utilize that to post cases and talk about cases and stuff like that, which is pretty awesome. And then I would say, you know, other than that, you know, it's, it's just reaching out to the company itself or any of us. LinkedIn is a great way to get a hold of. Uh, folks as well. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like more and more, and I, as I talk to more and more companies, that's an interesting just kind of thinking about cluster and able to share cases and things of that nature. I've noticed that going on with LinkedIn, you see several surgeons posting cases and getting feedback. And it's interesting how that... And, and that's just seemed to me in the last six months, that's really started happening more and more. So I think your app utilizing that app platform to share cases is probably beneficial to your surgeons. That's sort of unique to surgeons. We don't really have a lot of the commercial team on there just because we want that to be a safe place for surgeons to talk about their cases and discuss them and post them, you know, whether they're good or bad, or they have questions about something. And I can't take credit for that. That's actually Medline that, that figured that out. And I borrowed it from Medline, but it's a great tool. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, eventually there'll be a version of that that is specific to medical device. It's just, you know, right now, to my knowledge, it doesn't exist. So we took a platform that already existed and just kind of utilized it for our own purposes. And we have a cluster for Dynanail. We have a cluster for Dynaclip, which is the staple. We have individual clusters for the different products so that folks can go on there and post cases and discuss them. That's a great idea. And I know surgeons are, you know, in this day and age, especially when we've all been I think we're getting more and more used to utilizing virtual platforms to connect and share ideas. I think that's a great idea. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on the podcast today and discuss 
MedShape because obviously you guys are on the forefront of disruptive technology in the foot and ankle space. And it looks like you're looking to go into other parts of the body, which will be exciting for surgeons who are listening to the podcast. And so what I ask everybody who comes on the podcast without prompting them is like, if you are not the VP of MedShape and you decided that you were going to be doing something totally different when you grow up, what would that be? Oh, boy. I have some family that's in law enforcement and the intelligence community. I think I would have enjoyed working for the CIA or FBI. I look like an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, and and I learned a little bit about you yesterday, and I've known you for several years, and I, I didn't. Somebody shared with me that you spent some time in the acting world. So I don't know if you want to... You, <laughs> If you're going to, you know, I can't, I can't escape this. It's like, you know, it's like if you were an underwear model in college, you know, it just follows you everywhere. But when I was in college and right out of college, I did a little bit of acting. I was typecast as somebody that looks like they're an FBI agent or CIA agent or secret service. So yeah, you know, it's kind of a joke around our house. You know, I still get a residual from Disney slash Marvel, you know, every couple months, which is nice for a little secret service stint I had in Iron Man 3. So it was cool. You know, I always thought I'd love to have my name and credits on a major motion picture. So I knocked that one off the list. And, you know, unfortunately, I've, I think I've aged out of that. That's a young person's sport. And frankly, I, I don't have the time for it anymore with MedShape and some of the other things that I have going on. But yeah, it was a great creative outlet. The tough part about what we do, Eric, and as you know, is it's it's hard to have a creative outlet. You're just so busy with the business of things. So I think I think it's important for folks to have hobbies and you know, whether it's music or acting or art or whatever, I think it's important to try and maintain that balance in your life. And I think it makes you a better leader and I think it makes you just a better all around person. So yeah, that was my little my little thing. Well, what you just said, I couldn't agree more. And I think as we have all gone through the COVID-19 pandemic, which we're kind of, I'm hoping and I'm knocking on wood as I say this to you, that we're on the backside of it and hopefully it will be over. I totally agree with you because, you know, having those outlets are, it's been important over these last six weeks for sure. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And we are starting to see our surgery volumes pick up and, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, we're moving forward in a fashion that, you know, keeps us and everybody else safe and, you know, allows us to open things back up in a methodical manner without, you know, having a resurgence of this thing. So we'll just have to kind of take it day by day. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. Well, again, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast today. And if any of our listeners would like to learn more about MedShape, please visit them at medshape.com and or on LinkedIn. And again, Chad, thanks for your time. Appreciate it and look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. See you. Thank you for tuning in to the Ortho Idea podcast. If you would like to learn more about the technologies discussed, please visit www.orthoidea.com.